This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain that every single thing you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. You probably already knew that. So I want to talk a little bit about some mindset stuff today. Oh, the mindset. That's the thing. So if there was an indispensable quality that every real estate professional should have, what would it be? Now, if you're sitting and you've got a pad of paper and a pen and you can write what down what you think, what would that indispensable quality be that it would guarantee your success in real estate? So if let's pretend you were a recruiter for a real estate company. By the way, you may not know this, but if you are the owner of a real estate company and you are recruiting fewer producing agents than you wish you were, I can help you with that if you're open to the idea of having some help. So I just met with some very nice people in New Jersey and in uh, Sarasota, Florida the last two weeks, people who are in that category, and we are helping them recruit producing agents. So, um, But if you were the recruiter or the owner of a real estate company and you were charged with the responsibility of recruiting producing agents, what is the one indispensable quality, the one quality that if they had it, it would not guarantee their success, but you'd say that's the thing if they had it, which would give them the best chance of being a successful real estate agent. So think of that. What would it be? Okay. By the way, while you're thinking of that, I uh, flew to Milwaukee, went to the Harley Davidson Museum. I must say, I got a little teary eyed. It's like the mother, the motherland, because I was a former biker, uh, scuzzball actually. But that's another story for another time. But if you go to the Harley-Davidson Museum, you know, it's a legacy of, you know, 1903 was when the first Harley-Davidson. It was a bicycle with a motor on it, basically. So they had the original Harley and they had all these things. It was wonderful. So I'm going to fly home. from Now, the Milwaukee Airport is lovely, and they actually have a used bookstore inside the gates in the, in the lovely Milwaukee. So they got nice restaurants, nice place to be. And... Um, so I find out that I have a nine-hour delay on my flight. So I'm going to spend some time in one of America's nicest airports. I'm going to learn all about the inside-the-gates area at the Milwaukee airport, okay? So I'm flying Southwest Airlines, you know, which I love. You know, they don't have first class. I fly assistant coach. That's how we do it. But, uh, you know, nine-hour delay. We've got a little weather going on. So uh, I'm looking for stuff to do. So I'm walking around, dragging my two carry-ons, you know, going in the used bookstore. I'm going in all the restaurants. I'm like getting a little sampling of this and that and some beverages and stuff. So uh, I look over and I see this guy who's the shoeshine guy. So he's got this little alcove and uh, he's a black gentleman, very nice looking guy. And uh I say, that guy is going to shine my shoes. I'm going to have him shine my shoes because I'm stuck here for nine hours. I got nothing better to do. So I go, 
talk to him. Now, his name, as it turns out, is Clinton Cummings. Very nice guy. So when I walk up, I said, hey, uh, you know, I'm dressed like a homeless guy for travel, so I'm not wearing my dress shoes. So I'm going to open up my uh, zipper bag here, and I'm going to give you my shoes and have you shine them if that's okay. He said, I would love to. So I'm get out my shoes, and he looks at them, and he immediately says, oh, those are Alan Edmonds shoes. Those are made right here in Milwaukee. Did you know that? I go, I did not know that. He goes, yeah. Now, Alan Edmonds shoes, now I have narrow feet, okay? It's a curse. If you have, you know, A or B width feet, it's a curse. You can't buy shoes anywhere, and if you do, they have to be very expensive. So I've got my Shoes that uh, were the the shoes, actually, that shoe model and type, the last eight presidents were inaugurated in those shoes. So they're expensive, nice shoes. So he immediately knows what they are. So I put them on, and he's shining my shoes. And I said, I said, hey, Clinton, uh, how long have you been doing this? And he says, uh, you know, I've been doing this for, uh, you mean here in the airport, right here? I said, yeah. How long have you been shining shoes in the Milwaukee airport? He says, 45 years. 45 years. I go, 45 years? Here in the Milwaukee airport? He goes, yeah. I said, my goodness. That is unbelievable. He goes, yeah. He goes, I like it. I said, well, uh, what did you do before you shine shoes? I figured he was so young he had a paper route or something. So he's an older guy. He goes, actually, he goes, I have another job. I go, well, what's your other job? He goes, I'm an anesthesiology tech. I go, what's that? He goes, well, I'm in the emergency or the operating room, and the anesthesiologist sometimes don't know how to use the equipment because they, they keep changing it and upgrading it all the time. So I teach the doctors how to use the anesthesiology machines. I go, Wow. You know, this guy's smarter than me. Now, I'm a high school dropout. I never went to college. I don't know nothing about, uh, I don't know nothing about shining shoes or anesthesiology, except that I've been the customer of both. So uh, this guy is super impressive. And when he's telling me th- this, I think, I'm going to tell this story to my, my fearless aging coaching students because they need the indispensable quality that Clinton Cummings has that made him successful. Now, he's shining shoes successfully. I don't know how much he makes doing that, but I gave him a pretty big tip. So he's doing okay shining the shoes, but I'm probably doing okay as the anesthesiology tech teaching the doctors how to use the equipment. And, uh, you know, he's a good-looking guy, well-dressed guy and everything. So... uh, Not what I was expecting from the guy who's shining my shoes. So what is the indispensable quality that he has that I wish all fearless agents had? Before I get into that, there's this lady I know. I just thought of her. Her name is Anne. Her name is Anne Lorimar. Now, I live in Arizona. And if you've ever been to Arizona, Scottsdale, I think, is about a 1,000 feet above sea level, if I'm not mistaken. If you drive up to Flagstaff, Arizona, 
uh, you're living in a town where it's a little hard to breathe because the elevation is 7,000 feet high. So it's a little bit, little bit hard to breathe. And then there's a mountain there where they have skiing called Mount Humphreys, which literally is one of the taller mountains in America. It's 12,000 feet and above the tree line. So the top of the mountain doesn't have any trees because there's not enough oxygen for the trees to live. So that's about 12,000 feet high. I've been to the top of that because you take the nice little ski lift up there so it's not so hard. So this Ann Lorimar lady that I know, she is 85 years old, and she's in the Guinness Book of World Records because she's the oldest living human who has climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, which is 19,000 feet high. So how do you, at age 85... Climb Mount Kilimanjaro, which is, uh, I believe, eight, and let's see, that probably be, well, many, many thousands of feet of that are above the tree line, no doubt about that. So 19,000 feet. How do you climb Mount Kilimanjaro at the age of 85? And it's the same way that you work in the Milwaukee airport shining shoes for 45 years. It's one step at a time. It's one shoe at a time. It's one day at a time. And these people have the indispensable quality that I wish every fearless agent had, and that is the quality of sticking with it, not bouncing around, not trying this and then that. I'm going to try this for a little five minutes, and then if that doesn't work, I'm going to try that. I cannot tell you. How many agents tell me this story? They say, yeah, I got into real estate. They said, listings is the name of the game. They go, okay, well, I'll go get listings in. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a farm area. So they start mailing to, not calling, which they should be doing, but they start mailing to an, an area. And they pick that area the way every agent does. They pick the area in which they live. So they start, you know, maybe calling, but certainly mailing to they spend a bunch of money, and then they go, and they're getting no results. So then they go, oh, you know, I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch to this area over here. I think this area over here is better. Then they do that for about three months, and then they go, you know what? I'm not getting any results. I think I'm going to try luxury. I think I'm going to try luxury. Yeah, that's it. I'll try luxury. And then they uh, they try luxury, and then they say, you know what? I think buyers. I think buyers is the way to go. That's probably a way to get quick money. And then uh, – Somebody says, you know, uh, maybe you should try being a manager of a real estate thing. And they go, I'm going to try being a manager of a real estate company. And then they are a little bit maybe successful. And they go, I think I should be the owner of a real estate company. And then they have the experience every owner has. And they say, I think I should go back to being an agent. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's this trying this, then that, bouncing around, not sticking with it, not doing what every fearless agent does every day. So what does every fearless agent do every day that – once listings, they get on the phone, they call their sphere, then they go to any new for sale by owners that they haven't talked to before, then they go to any new expireds or cancels they haven't talked to before, then they go to the follow-up calls, and then they go to cold calls. So I thank God every day that Floyd Wickman tricked me into doing this thing, okay, the sticking with it thing. He said, call from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Okay, so I called from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. I took a break at lunch for an hour for lunch. I took a break at at uh, 5 p.m. for dinner. 
and bathroom breaks and, you know, coffee breaks. Coffee, for sure. And uh, this episode brought to you by Folgers, by the way. So I would call every day until I booked five listing appointments a week. So the, the thing I didn't do, I was unwilling to get off the phone until I had scheduled five listing appointments a week. Okay, so I was talking to a coaching student today, and he, until today, had been willing uh, to get off the phone before he had scheduled five listing appointments a week. And I had him commit to being either, and I want you to commit to this too, you out there in radio land, I want you to commit to this today. Commit to being willing to get off the phone before you've scheduled five listing appointments in a week. Or commit to being unwilling to get off the phone until you've scheduled five listing appointments a week. So you call from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. That's the most you can call in a day. And some of you are going to choose to be willing to make way less money and be willing to get off the phone early. That's fine. I'm not going to be upset about that. That's you. That's your thing. But if you're like me, you're going to commit to being unwilling to get off the phone until you've scheduled five listing appointments a week. When you schedule five, two of them are going to cancel. You're going to go on three, and you're going to get one. So hopefully some of you are saying, you know, that makes sense to me. It's just common sense. So if any of this that we talk about here on the Fearless Agent Podcast makes sense to you and you are earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, if you are not earning what you wish you were earning and you're willing to be open to having the idea, open to the idea of having some help with that, uh, we can help you. So if you'd like to learn more, you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. Yes, this is a shameless plug. Get over it. 480-385-8810. That's my cell phone. And what we will see is if you and what you're trying to do and what we do here at Fearless Agent, if it's a good fit. If it's a good fit, you're going to get rich. If it's not a good fit, we will both admit it. And I'm still happy to help you in some other ways. So uh, I love talking to realtors. I don't want you to think you're bothering me. I got nothing better to do than to make you rich. So don't email me. Do not text me. There's no such thing as email or text in sales. Always call me at 480-385-8810. And if you can't afford coaching but you wish you could, go to fearlessagent.com. Watch the 45-minute webinar on the home page, take lots of notes, go to the video training page and uh, or, and watch all those videos. There's a speaking page. You can watch a 25-minute video that's an excerpt of me doing part of a two-day event. Uh, take lots of notes, and my guarantee is that those free videos would be way, way better coaching for you than any amount of money you would spend with any other coaching program in America for realtors. And if you ever have a question, of course, you can always call me because we want to help you for free so you can afford our coaching as soon as possible. So we are here for you. That's 480-385-8810 and fearlessagent.com. Now, there are some books that I would like to recommend to you to get your head right on um, 
certain things. So I am, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday about the uh, self-help industry. I am uh, a member of the National Speakers Association. There are many so-called self-help gurus in that group. Um, And I would be, uh, to be honest, most self-help books are a complete ripoff and scam. So um, if, you know, I heard somebody say this, there's two, two points of view in life. And one of them is um, self-help books almost all go by this formula. Follow your passion. Follow your dreams. Okay. If I want to appeal to your sense of narcissism to get rich, I will tell you to follow your dreams because then you get to do what you already like to do. Okay. But the opposite of that that's going to actually make you successful is do your duty. Okay, doing your duty, doing the right thing when it's not easy to do, picking up the phone and making cold calls when it's not easy to do and it's not fun. Actually, that's how you will achieve your achieve your dreams and you will have the money to do what you want to do anyway. But if you follow your passion and follow your dreams, you'll be broke and the guy that sold you on that idea will be rich. He's got your 20 grand in the bank and you'll be broke. So the 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 business books that I read that are that are the ones that made an impact on me. One of them is The E-Myth, the letter E-Myth by Michael Gerber. So Michael Gerber talks about how everybody, it's a book on systems, by the way. The E stands for entrepreneurial. It's supposedly the best-selling business book of all time. I heard that. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's certainly one of them. So he talks about how every different type of business would have a different metric that they would drive and make better. And if you get that one right, supposedly all the other all the other ones would fall into place if you didn't, you know, completely screw things up like I occasionally do. So he talks about a liquor store. Maybe it would be square, you know, uh, gross sales per square foot monthly. Okay, if you're a a uh, real estate company owner and recruiting agents is where all the money comes from. It would be the gross average monthly company dollar per agent. Okay, If that number goes up and your agent count goes up, you're going to get rich. If either one of those goes down or they both go down, you're going to go out of business. It's as simple as that. Recruiting Producing agents is never going to be any harder than that. If you're working for a company, if you're an agent and you're working in a real estate company and you like your owner and the and you think your owner might want to be richer than they are now, have them call me at 480-385-8810 and I'm going to teach them how to drive those two numbers up, the agent count and the gross average monthly company dollar per agent. You as the agent... It is the number of listing appointments scheduled per week. So to to do the math, okay, take your average sales price. If you're brand new in real estate and you don't know what your average sales price is going to be, it's going to be the same price as a 1960 on the good side of town, not the hood side of town, a 1960 
three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,500 square feet. Whatever how, whatever that house would sell for, if it's in average condition, probably is going to be your average sales price because you're always going to sell the most of what they built the most of to sell, and that is what they built the most of to sell in any town in America, just about, if it's a larger town. So you take that, every fearless agent, gets to keep 4% on every deal because they charge 7% and they can keep 4 even though all your competitors can only charge 5 or 4 total I know that you would be effortlessly be able to charge 7 and keep 4 so whatever 4% is of that average sales price that would be your average gross close commissions per sale so whatever that number is multiply that times 40 40 is the minimum number of listings I would want you to do if you're full-time in real estate. And then whatever that number turns out to be would be your gross close commissions annually. You would cut that in half, and that would be after the expenses, the write-offs, the split, and all all that kind of stuff. Probably what your net taxable annual income would be, kind of like it's a salary job with a company car because you do get to write off your car. So that's the goal, and the way you do that, you're not going to do the 40. You're not going to do that number, the gross. You're not going to do the net if you don't schedule five schedule five listing appointments a week, and you do that by not getting off the phone until you've scheduled five. So the goal is five, but the process, which is what you commit to, don't commit to the goal, which is five. Don't commit to the 40. Don't commit to the... You know, 400,000, you don't commit to that. Commit to, commit to not getting off the phone until you've scheduled five. That was what Floyd tricked me into doing that changed my life. So in the e-myth, the gross average monthly company dollar per agent, if you're an owner, that's your magic number. In, in real estate, it would be five, the number five. Scheduled five listing appointments a week. Or if you're a buyer-only agent because that's your preference, maybe it would be scheduling six listing a buyer appointments in an open house or something like that would be a different number. If you only work with uh, investors, you know, it would be something different. But anyway, you can call me about that. So the second book that I'm going to recommend to you is Raving Fans by Dr. Ken Blanchard, the one-minute everything guy. More than 600,000 copies sold. So Dr. Ken Blanchard is – I saw him speak here in town – old guy. He may be still alive. He's pretty old. But uh, it's a book on customer service and how to make raving fans out of your current clients and past clients and future clients. So the other book is Getting Things Done by David Allen. I don't know how he came up with this amazing system. This is not Prioritize Your Day ABC. It's none of that baloney. This is a completely revolutionary way of getting things done and I use it you it's uh implement it's a little bit complicated to implement but even it's even it's got little tricks that'll keep you from um wasting time and being insanely more productive and then the most boring book ever written but the best book on sales also ever written is the book Spin Selling by Neil Rackham if you read the book Spin Selling um uh, you're uh, 
there's no better book ever written on sales. So I'm the only person that has adapted the spin selling model to real estate, but it's based on an 11-year long research study on sales where they analyze 35,000 sales calls, sales presentations, and the results are scientific. Okay, So the results were the way sales has been taught for the last 100 years, and you know this, is you do a bunch of rapport building, and then you uh, sell the features, but you actually, or excuse me, you show the features, but you actually sell the benefits, and then you overcome the objections. And I don't care how you dress it up and rename it Ninja or something else, it doesn't, it's not going to change anything. That's what it is, okay? So they figured out that there was this tiny group of people that were having much, much better results, insanely better results, and they were doing none of that. They were doing no rapport building, and they scientifically proved that the more rapport building you do, the less likely you are to make the sale. They were doing no features, no benefits, no promises, no 21-point marketing plan, and because of that, they never had to overcome any objections. So if you think about it, if you're a real estate company owner and you're going to recruit or you're a real estate agent and you're going to do a listing presentation, let's say, and you're not going to do any uh, rapport building, and you're not going to do any features or benefits or promises, what in the world are you going to do? Well, you're going to ask a series of questions that magically gets the seller to sell you on why they're not going to list their house with Red Rug Realty down the street, your competitor. They're going to sell you on why they should list their house with you, like every fearless agent hears. And when they have, when you have the seller selling you on you, you've arrived. Same with recruiting, same thing. The, the recruit ends up selling you on why they should not join your competitor. The recruit ends up selling you on why they should join your company, and then you've arrived. So spin selling, greatest book ever. Oh, and one more, the book of Proverbs, I think was written hmm, maybe 3,000 years ago, something like that. Uh if you read the book of Proverbs, you're going to see that not much has changed in the last 3,000 years. The problems they were having then are the problems we're having now. And the reason is there were people then and there are people now. And anytime you're dealing with people, there's bound to be some problems. So good advice, uh, except for the one where if you lend a guy your donkey, I don't know, I don't know about that, but that might not have it be up to date. But there's plenty of good things. So that's the that's the stuff that is going to help you. Indispensable quality, sticking with it, persistence, perseverance, and uh, not falling for every scam that comes down the self-help turnpike and going with the classics that are always going to get you what you want. So if, uh, again, if any of this makes sense to you. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. Give us a five-star review of this podcast on iTunes or wherever you see it. You can always call me directly at 480-385-8810. And until next week, I want you to have fun. As always, when you have all these new skills as a fearless agent, be humble. But most of all, be fearless. Bye, gang. Oh.